You heard it first, my brothers and my sister. Today is January 13, 2020. January 13, 2020. You heard it. Sterling never loved us. Sterling never loved us. I concur. I say America never loved us. America never loved us. America never loved us. That's worse behavior. My brothers and my sisters, I wanted to put it down for you today. I brought back my boy in a couple of video clips. Brother, Dr. Claude Anderson, the author of Black, I'm sorry, of Powernomics. We're going to talk about Powernomics today, my brothers and my sisters. We're going to talk about in this particular podcast, we're going to talk about things that are killing the black community. And these are things that we have to really get out of in order for us to really start to move forward into what needs to be done to gain that empowerment, to gain that empowerment of our children. Because our children are going to be the ones that's going to be around. A lot of us, as we've gotten older, the one thing that we've lost is self. We lost self and we lost self-belief. And we have. Sometimes we get out of a, a situation and the first thing, what happens? We change. It's like, oh man, what's that old saying? Oh man, when that brother got some money, boy, he showed a change. He forgot who he was. And a lot of times that change comes from, I'm going to tell you, I got a few things from Powernomics and you'll understand I hope you understand. Our changes, these are some of the changes that we make so we don't have to act like uh, who we are. We don't, well, acting like who you are, if you're black, you're black. You know, is there a certain kind of way? White folks have told you that black folks act like fools, act like monkeys, and they're ignorant. This is the kind of stuff they tell you, and you go and believe it. But this is a problem. Social. Etiquette. That's a problem that we have. Social etiquette. And when I mean by social etiquette, a lot of times we go in when we see us. Say someone lesser. I'm going to give you a story. And this is based on pretty much uh, social etiquette. I used to work security and I used to work for Raytheon and 
this particular group used to come my way every day, come from where I was uh, pretty much stationed. It was three white guys and a black guy. They were all engineers. Now, I'm in a security uniform. And, you know, I don't have no problem because I know who I am. So I don't have no problem. And I don't have no problem telling people I work security. I don't hide. And what, what is there to hide? It's an honest job. It's a job. But anyway, they would come my way every day. Now, the th- I, I pretty much, th- I knew all the guys pretty much, except the black guy. But I knew the white guys. And every day they would come and speak. And the black guy, he would just throw his, like he's throwing his head in the air. Like to say, I'm an engineer, so I don't have to speak to no nigga who's in a security uniform. That's how I took it, because he would do this every day. But the white guys would always speak. So, being who I am, one day he came by himself, and he tried to speak. So I told him, look, my brother, if you can't speak to me all the time, you don't speak to me none of the time. He says, what you mean? I says, you know, so-and-so, 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 they come here every day and you guys come, you with them and they speak all the time. You, you act like you too good to speak. So I'm going to tell you as a brother, if you can't speak all the time, then you don't need to speak to me none of the time. And he looked at me like I was crazy. But that nigga came across and he understood. Brother, you ain't ever got to speak to me because you ain't to me. Excuse the language. You ain't shit. If that's how you're going to behave towards me. So he started, uh, he got into the rhythm of speaking even though he didn't want to. A form of social etiquette. But I really didn't care about that Negro no more because that nigga right there proved to me he thought he was better than me. And he wasn't. Just because your job title may be bigger than mine and you may make more money, that don't make you better. And here's another one, my brothers and uh, brothers and sisters. These are things that we have to get out of. Avoiding Blackness. Avoiding blackness. And what I mean by avoiding blackness, you want to be, like say for instance, you want to be the first, say if you were around your, your white friends, You want to be the first to say, well, I did this, I did that. You're trying to say, well, I'm better than those Negroes because I did it first. You don't want to talk about what your color is, even though you don't have to. But when you avoid blackness, only thing you're saying is you don't like who you are. That's why a lot of people They will hang around, even though you may have grown up with white folks, you'll hang around more and more white folks because you feel comfortable. Even though you're black, you feel comfortable. And then when you are around some black people, you act like white folks act like 
that's never been around black folks. You act silly, stupid, ignorant. You act like your shit don't stink. That's how you act. Avoiding blackness. That's what that means. That's an example of how people act. They want to be the first of their group to show the white folks, yes, like I got a million dollars in my pocket and I achieved that and no one else has achieved. Avoiding blackness. These are just things that are out there that we do and we see it or you send your kids to all white schools. Now, they may never tell you, but they're, they're taking some abuse, some type of abuse somewhere. They're taking abuse in that school. Maybe not so much physical, but mental abuse. They're taking it. And then they come home and then they start to hate each other. And they start to hate their parents because their parents put them in a situation where they don't understand who they are. They see that they're not white, but they also see that they're not black either, even though they are black, because they don't understand. And that's what happens when you go and you take away the knowledge of your people, though you may have made it out. I'm going to give you this other, I'm going to give you another example, and then I'll move on to the, uh, the, the, next, uh, the next meaning. There was a Good Times episode. Those of you who understand or seen Good Times back in the day, you might know what I'm talking about. JJ was dating a young sister from the other side of the tracks. Now she she made she see she understood and she liked JJ. She knew JJ because he met her in uh, the movie theater where he worked, and she invited him to go to her debutante ball. Now her parents, they made it out. And when you see these people in this, if you saw this episode, if you see these people, these black people, they walk in the door when they came to meet JJ, they walk in the door and you could tell they immediately start to act like they are something that is so special they can't touch the door because they're afraid because it's so-called in the ghetto. Because, uh, you know, Good Times was uh, supposed to be out of Chicago. They basically, they were just rude. Let's say that. They're just, they were just rude people. And the father of the young lady, which I can understand, he says, I don't want my daughter to know the stink of the ghetto. And he didn't want to know because he made it out. And that's that's understandable. But you don't forget where you come from. You don't try to lose yourself in another world just because somebody gave you a, a, a sandwich at the counter. See, black folks always need to be accepted. And I don't understand why black folks need to be accepted. You need to be accepted among amongst people who basically don't like you, not saying all, this is for you idiots who out there who think that, 
and you have to be accepted or else you you have no existence. Okay, here's a number. Here's another deal out of Powernomics. This is basically based out of chapter one. These are things that we have to avoid in order to move on to the uh, other phases of this particular book. White ice is colder. White ice is colder. See, you know how that's old saying, man, it, you act like white people's ice is colder than mine. And in saying that, it's like if they said it, it's got to be true. If the white man said it, now I could tell you a million times, but if the white man came and verified what I said, then okay, you telling the truth. That's the thinking of black folks. He has to verify what I say, what I know, in order for it to be true. When Minister Farrakhan used to say stuff, and all of a sudden a white pastor will come back and say something that Minister Farrakhan says, oh yeah, now okay, I get it. It's like, are you serious? Minister Farrakhan said that. You didn't believe him. White man tell you that. And all of a sudden it's true. It was true when he said it. Minister Farrakhan. See, these are inappropriate behaviors by us as a group. Very inappropriate behaviors. Because the title or one of the categories, it's inappropriate behavior. You got social etiquette. You got avoiding blackness. White. I'm sorry. Uh, white ice is colder. See, these are mindsets that we have to get out of. And then there's one. And this is probably the most important one of all. No plan for empowerment. See, black folks don't plan to be able to get out of the mess that we're in. They don't plan for it. It's like I've been accepted to go to the table. So since I'm accepted to go to the table, I don't have to worry about nothing else because, hey, they like me. They accept me. No, they don't. I went to see a movie yesterday. And this particular movie, Just Mercy. The movie Just Mercy, it features our brother, uh, Michael B. Jordan and our brother, Jamie Foxx. It's a true story. It's about a young black attorney who wanted to do something good. It wasn't for money. Now, he was a brother. He went to law school. He went to Harvard Law School and he graduated and he went down to Alabama. You know, in the South is, man, you don't mess around in the South. Because, you know, they got way too many issues down there. So he went to, he went down there and what he did was he started like a, a, a program of helping inmates on death row. Now, I'm not going to give all the movie away, but the movie is called Just, I'm, uh, uh, Just Mercy. But I will say this. There was a scene in the movie. And I'm pretty sure we, we as black people already know this. There was a scene in the movie where one inmate played by uh, Ice Cube, Ice Cube's son. And 
this is like I say, it's a true story. He was playing one of the inmates who was on death row. And what happened was, I'm gonna give you this little bit, and then I'm 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 in that part of the movie. But I, I wanted to put it out there. But anyway, he was on death row for something that he didn't do. Now, what happened was some of his friends had done it. But he just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time when he got pulled over. And the police said, well, you're going to have to take one for the homies. So what they did was they pinned it on him, even though he didn't do it, even though he showed his innocence to them, but he had to take one for the homies. See, that's the thinking. You may have not done it, but when they're trying to pin something on somebody, you can forget it. They're going to pin it on you. But thank God the brother got out after 30 years. He was still alive, and he got out after 30 years. And that's all I'm going to say on that movie. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you this. It was a powerful movie, and it's so sad because the justice system is supposed to be for all, but we don't have too many brothers like the brother who was fighting for it, excuse me, the brother who was fighting for them. That is so sad. But getting back to us, in order to get rid of all these stigmas that keep plaguing the black community, we have to start to understand who we are. We have to start to understand the power that we have. Poweronomics is based on economic power. And as long as you keep spending your money and supporting other people and believing everything that they say is true, you're never going to be able to dig out of this hole. Poweronomics is what everybody, because you know what? White folks read this book too. And other groups have read this book too. Black folks probably need to read it and understand it. Because our brother, Claude Anderson, is not getting any younger. He's in his 80s. And his brother's still going strong. Here's a clip from 1995. See, I go back to these clips because we're still fighting the same. And a lot of times everything is, sounds like it's the same old saying. But hell, if you ain't getting it, it's got to be keep. You got to keep saying it until you maybe you understand and understand it. What, what we're saying is real. Come on, black man, black woman. Like I say, this clip right here was in 19, uh, where is that clip? Let me get this clip for you. I'll be going so fast sometime. I forget. This clip right here, it's a two-minute clip. This clip was in 1995. Check it out. If uh, part of the problem is blacks uh, not being able to have political power, economic power, then a part of that equation has something to do with what's happening to us educationally in this country. Where are we missing it, and where do blacks have to go to get it? 
Uh, we're missing it educationally because we've never sat down and, and, and discussed the, the historical relationship between us and, ed, and the educational system in this country. Remember, the educational system was designed on a public policy that's gone in a complete circle, 306 degrees. First of all, we were denied education. Then we moved from a denied educational basis to a desegregated education uh, prior to the, to the Civil War. Then we moved after the Civil War into segregated education. Then by the 1950s, we went back to desegregated education, and now we're back into a state of denial of education. And I'm going to talk about I mean, uh, uh, dismantling the school system, going to voucher systems, uh, going to some kind of private school system. What that means, Daryl, is that black folk don't understand, fail to understand that the original that schools are not change agents. They're only doing what the environment wants them to do. Schools in this country starting in the 1860s were designed to create a manual labor force for whites in society, period. Black folk became obsolete in the mid-1960s. They no longer need us as a labor class. So therefore, the schools are dysfunctional because they no longer need black folk. If, if we really want to make our schools functional, we have to come up with a national public policy about what we want our schools to do for Isn't black folk. Isn't that a slap in the face to all the black educators and administrators in big cities across this country who are in charge of school systems? No, it's not, because the most of, because nobody's ever sat down with them and say, where it is that black folk want to go? Suppose right now we want to, let's say if we had a national public policy on black folk, just as whites have always had a national public policy on us. They've had a policy on us, but we never had one for ourselves. Like, what is it we want to do as black folk? Suppose right now we want to go to the moon. Then once we decide where we want to go in a public policy, then it becomes incumbent upon all those educators and all those school systems to say, now what must our school systems do in terms of instilling in our kids the attitudes, the skills, the competencies mm -hmm. to be able to get us to the moon? Here's a clip from a 1996... See, my brothers and my sisters, once they got tired of us and they were done with us and we never really stressed what we need as a people far as education goes. Because, see, he's talking about education. And education is a big part of anything that we're going to do. It's the part because you have to have the education because you have to have the knowledge in order to progress to the point to where you want to point. You want to, uh, I'm sorry, to the point where you want to go. But if you're not trying to understand and still trying to fit in, we are black folk. I like I I I, I love when he, he called us black folk. It's funny, Doctor Claude Anthony. You know he from he from way back in the day, but he's a he's a strong brother. He's still going strong. He just like Minister Farrakhan. They both in the eighties. These are some powerful black men. You need to get all the information you can on these brothers, Minister Lewis. I'm sorry, the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan. Savior Day's coming up next month, and uh, Doctor Claude Anderson. You need to get all the information on these brothers that you can. Because this is the information that they really don't want you to have because you might become conscious one day and you might actually wake up as a people. My brothers and my sisters, if you're not trying to wake up, then I guess you're going to sleep your life away. Because no one's out here playing with the black man and black woman because no one cares. Because you show signs that you don't even care about yourself. On my Instagram and Facebook and some of these other, I love when people get out there, you know, and they like to post little sayings, which is nothing wrong. So, you know, uh, no, no hard feelings on that. But to me, why don't you say it? A lot of people will like to post stuff, which is nice, I guess. I don't know. But sometimes it's better to go out there and say it instead of posting. Cause it's like, who wrote that? Oh, you know, it's like, well, the, uh, uh, 
uh, a person should do this instead of doing that. A person should do this instead of doing this. You know, something in regards to that. Or if a situation was like this, then it would be better if it was like that. That stuff, that kind of stuff is nice, but put your face to it and make a video of it. I know a lot of people don't want to put their face out there. I don't know why. You put your picture up there. We know what you look like. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with opening up your mouth. We need a bunch of medias out here to put out the information. That's why a lot of stuff and a lot of people take advantage of us because we don't put out information to help our brothers and sisters so they know what's going on. Be visible with what you're doing. Don't be invisible with some sayings from somebody else. Say it yourself. We're going to get back to these, you know, we're going to get back to wealth building. First, we got to come out of all them negative, stereo, hypocritical crap that we do. White man's ice is colder. Uh, social etiquette. Uh, uh, what's that other one? I move so fast sometimes I forget where I am. Well, hell, it don't matter. It's in there. <laughs> oh, we got to come out of, uh, we got to get rid of this. Uh, we got to uh, get rid of, uh, you know, coming out. We got to come out of this blackness stuff that we we ashamed of who we are as the people. When you ashamed of who you are, God going to be ashamed of you when you think you going to heaven. God ain't accept. It's like, hell, you ashamed of who you are. Why would I want to take you in here and you ashamed? It's like you denying God in front of people, but you're saying it to yourself, but you denying you deny him in front of uh, other people. And he's going to deny you. But wealth building in power, my brothers and my sisters, it, it comes from, you know, owning land, land. Slaves knew coming out of slavery. They knew the first thing we got to do is get us some land. If they couldn't read, they couldn't write. They knew one thing. We got to get us some land. I was looking at some houses yesterday on my street, my street. And these particular houses, one was a three bedroom and well, both of them were three bedrooms. One is like right across the street from me and it's selling for $630,000. And then there's one that's three houses down from me and it's selling for 725000 My brothers and my sisters, four years ago, Four years ago, the houses on my block were going for 300 plus thousand. Today, January 2020, houses are selling for $700,000. Now, I'm going to let you think on that. See, property in the Midwest, property in the East, on the East Coast, property in the South, you have exclusive, if you got a five, say you got a $500,000 house in the South, chances are you got a, your house is in the middle of a park. <laughs> That's the kind of land that you have. But if you got a $500,000 house on the West Coast, 
Chances are you may have, if you're lucky, 5,000 square foot of property. And that's how people are making their money. That's why they were giving away land instead of buying it back in the day. Slave owners who had the most slaves, chances are they would give them, the state would give them more property. Because black folks were used as chattel. You were property. So therefore, I didn't say cattle, I said chattel. So therefore, you're property. You're not a human. So I need more land. And that's what they did. A lot of these uh, plantation owners, they were given property. A lot of slave owners were given property. And, you know, as time goes by, you pass it down. That's where a lot of their wealth of their wealth building came from. It didn't just come from them working hard and, and, and buying shit. Hell no. Nah. A lot of these people got their land through inheritance, passed down. That's why it's so important that you have something to pass down. If you don't have if you don't have no money, at least pass down your property to your kids. Because money will come. And it'll, it'll go even faster, but at least pass down your property because that is where your super wealth building is. And people understand that because I was uh, coming home from seeing Just Mercy and you can see the people coming from these houses looking at them. And no, 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 no. They didn't look like me. They were either white or Hispanic. Black folks, no. White or Hispanics. Those are the people who are looking for properties. Black folks are too busy trying to leave the city and move out to places like Lancaster and Palmdale, uh, Moreno Valley, Apple Valley, uh, 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 what was that, uh, Riverside. Those those properties are not as valuable. But if you keep your eyes open. White folks are moving back into the city. White folks left the city because there were too many minorities in the city. So now white folks are coming back to the city because more minorities are going out. To the uh, to the desert. Riverside, Lancaster, Palmdale. Uh, Moreno Valley, Apple Valley, all those places. But the quality of land, even though it's still land, it's not as valuable. White folks understand the value of property. Black folks are selling and moving or they're first time buyers and moving out there. But then again, once you're a first time buyer, chances are you a first and last time buyer because you're not going to buy anything else. But that's what's going on. My first house, first house, in Los Angeles. Back in the day was 90. This is 80. When this is 91. My first house. 91. Or 90. 90. That house is going for today. Almost $600,000. That's the first house. It's going for 600. The point of all this is. We are living in a time of numbers. Everything I said basically is in reference to numbers. 
I want you all to understand we are living in a time of numbers. A lot of people feel that there's too many people on the earth. And this is coming from the richest 1%. So what, when you have nothing else to do, you find ways to try to eliminate others. And this is one of the things that's usually discussed with people of power. I played a video clip of you for you people a couple of months ago in reference to Bill Gates' wife, the founder of Microsoft, his wife, stating that there needs to be at least 30 million people eliminated or 30 million people whatever. And only way that could happen, it could happen through what is it? It uh, A virus of some sort. It has to be something that goes in a virus in order to kill that many people. She didn't say kill. But if you understand what the video clip was saying, you will understand. I'm going to go back and see if I can find it. And I'm going to post it uh, real soon. I might add it on to this one. But the point of all this is... If you don't start understanding who you are and the power that you have, black folks, you have so much power, you just don't get it. But every time you, you, you put your own self down, when you go out of your own community and you support others and you don't support your own brothers and sisters, you, you lessen the power even though you still have it. You just don't know how to gain it back. Black people, you are the original people. They're not trying to eliminate you because they... Uh, just don't like you. They trying to eliminate you because they are jealous of you. And that goes for it. And then what they do, they influence other groups to feel the same way. This is a jealousy thing. But it's also a hate thing. But it's more so jealous because in anything that we do, we are the best of. Blues was a form of country music. Country music is the number one music, probably next to rap, that's played on a daily basis. R&B, rhythm and blues, nah. Pop, nah. Rap and country music. And country music started from the blues. But people will never tell you that. And you know who had the blues and you know who started the blues. But they'll never tell you that. Hey, my brothers and my sisters, start understanding what real what your real history is. Black History Month is coming up and, and, and get away from the normal stuff from black history. Get into some stuff that you ain't never got into by reading some books and understand. Here's another clip from my brother. And then I'm going to wrap this up. But please, please, please understand. This is stuff that's happening every day. Check this out. Episode featuring economist Dr. Claude Anderson. An alternative economic structure in the simplest form would be a Japantown, a little Korea, a little Italy, a little Havana, which means where black folk would do exactly the same thing everyone else is doing. Uh, everyone, the reason we never had an economic structure in the country for black folk is for two, for three reasons. One, we never had a national plan to, and a commitment to do it. Two, 
is that, that whites are boycotting black communities and three blacks are boycotting their own communities. And that's why you'll never see a white person get in his car, go down to a black neighborhood on a Saturday morning, get out and go into a black store and buy anything made by a black person. But neither will you see an Asians coming out of Chinatown going into a black community buying anything. Everybody supports their own structure except black folk. We're the, that's why out of 36 million black folk, after 400 years in this country, you do not have one single solitary black business district in the entire United States. That is naivete, it is insultive, and it's grossly offensive to black folk because you're creating problems for yourselves by not belling up to the bar and accepting responsibility of amassing wealth and capital, creating economic basis, creating an entrepreneurial class, creating businesses, creating jobs that will hire your own people, uh, creating money to take care of your own public services, your lights, your gas. Your uh, how do black people start doing all those things if 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 98% of the wealth is in the hands of the white uh, power elite? Uh, we, 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 we start working that very simple. We start where we are. We, write, we are right now uh, amassing for, for disposable purposes, something like about $380 billion annually. We're about the ninth richest nation on earth. But unfortunately, um, that money is dissipated through our fingers. You see, my brothers and sisters? And that was back in 96. 96. But we have amassed on an annual basis of one point two to three to $4 trillion a year from 96, and we still don't own anything. What does that tell you? And like he said, we're doing nothing but creating problems for ourselves in the long run because everybody else is building for their own while we're building for others by keep our finance going out of our own community or neighborhoods into others. My brothers and my sisters, I just wanted to drop that for the day. This is power Nomics, the number. And I say the number is because everything is based on numbers. We are a numbered people. So we have to put the numbers together. Like we need to come together. I'm going to put out this last little bit and then I'm, a, I'm, I'm done for the day, for this Monday. The 13th. Now, I wrote this because I was inspired by Brother Nas and one of the title tracks on one of his records. And I wrote this, basically, but I'm not going to sing it. Maybe later on. I'm just going to give you a little, a little insight on what I put out there. You check it out. Now, it's based on I. I'm sorry. It's based on N-I-G-G-A. My thing is naive, arrogant, genocide, genocide, asshole. Once again, naive, ignorant, genocide, genocide, asshole. Naive, ignorant, genocide, genocide, asshole. And that includes everybody, all groups. You pick out the part that you think I'm talking to you about because that includes Everybody, not just one group, that includes everybody. Naive, ignorant, genocide, genocide, asshole. My brothers and my sisters, this is your brother. Go and find the faith. I would say keep the faith, but you got to find it first. Go find the love. Still, 
Black Love is one of the, I thought, one of the best podcasts that I put out. But for some reason, it just didn't get to play. And that just shows to me what we really think of black love. We don't really think too much of it. Oh, we have our moments with each other, with maybe with our family. But, you know, you got to show more black love with people who, who black like you and show them some love, too. Because we all family. We all come from one blood. I got one. I got some information coming from a, a series that our brother KC Price over the pastor, former, well, his son is running the place now over at uh, uh, Crenshaw Christian Center. It's, a, it's a, uh, a series he put out. It was, it's a 76 hour series. It took over a year to put out. I'm going to start playing some clips of that. It's called Race, Religion, and Racism. And if you understood or understand that a lot of the racism came from, it came from the church. The church. He even wrote a book on it. The series is called Race, Religion, and Racism. In the book, it's called the same thing. Dr. K.C. Price, pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center. That's a plug for him. So you could check it out. But a lot of this racism, it extended from the church. And I'm not talking about recent. I'm talking about from the start. All right, my brothers and sisters. I said enough. Remember, go out there and show more love. You have to start showing more love. Powernomics is where it's at. Peace, family.